Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, into the podcast. So excited to be back. We took a little bit of a little hiatus uh, for Easter and just give ourselves a little break, which was really good. It was good to have a little bit of a break. And um, we were trying to think of what would be a great way to jump back in and to continue these conversations that we've been having. And we thought of the perfect person, and it's Brian Russ. Hello. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks for having me back, Tyler. I'm so excited to have you back. Um, so maybe you can share a little bit, Bryant, of how this... We're kind of thinking about this like a part two, right? Yeah. Um, so if you haven't listened to Bryant's um, episode we did, I think it's going to be the not the last one, but the one before. I'd actually really encourage you to maybe listen to that one first before tuning into this, because this is kind of a direct response to that episode, which was essentially, um, and you correct me wherever I'm wrong here, but um, we talked about Bryant's um, journey with the Bible and throughout you know, his adolescent years into adulthood, some of the cognitive dissonance and some of the questions that he had and how he just kind of had to sort of reshape how he thought about scripture and how that changed his relationship with God. And one of the parts of that story that really stuck out to a lot of you guys was how that impacted his prayer life. And I would say out of any episode that we've done, we got more response about that one than anything that we've done. And I think it's because a lot of people just really identified with that journey that you were on in one way or another, right? And specifically, we heard like, we heard from a few people that wanted to hear like, what happened in your prayer life? Um, and how did that journey go for you? Because prayer is one of those interesting things that it's so integral and we talk about it all the time. We're probably, if we're in church or if we're, in a, you know, a Christian home. We've probably spent a lot of time praying, um, but there's, it's, it's hard to maybe wrap our heads around it completely. Yeah, yeah. And um, if someone asks you, do you think prayer is important? If you're a Christian, if you're part of the church, you say yes. But I think at the same time, a lot of people say like, but I don't really right. like, know why? what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we thought it would be great to kind of continue to dive into your your life here and um, just hear more about what that process was like for you of um, how your prayer life has evolved over time through that process of mm-hmm. um, kind of re-understanding scripture and, and all of that too. So maybe we can just start from um, the, the beginning of that process because what you shared on the previous episode had to do with as you were wrestling with scripture, that's where this deeper understanding of prayer came yeah, out of. Yeah. So how does that a necessity, re- right? Yeah. Of not understanding what the Bible was talking about it sometimes it was like, oh boy, <laughs> push me to the to the yeah. throne of God. <laughs> yeah. So what so maybe at, at the point of that of that um situation where you were wrestling with scripture, where was how would you just describe your prayer life and, and where were you at at that point? Yeah. So that I would describe it as one of the real gifts of that season of kind of deconstruction with the Bible was was realizing that, oh man, uh, I don't know even really what prayer is. I certainly don't consider myself like uh, a person who, who knows God through prayer or is known by God in prayer. And that was one of the real gifts and fruits of, of not fully understanding the Bible and realizing that I needed the living God. I needed... I was able to pour out these questions and confusions about where I was in, in my understanding of the biblical text to God. And that, come to find out, was the greatest gift. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting because we we think about prayer as something that we, depending on how we've been learned to or been taught to pray, potentially, maybe, maybe we go through Acts, you know, Adoration, Confession. Um, uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Supplication. Supplication. Right? Um, we think about it like we sort of have to have it all figured out when we come to God. Like we have to have kind of this, um, this sort of, uh, you know, structure or, or a way that we, we have kind of our, our thoughts gathered and we have to pray in this particular way. And I think for you, it was kind of more just like this very raw 
kind of just coming for God with these questions and these concerns and not really having a whole lot more than that at that point in time. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, for sure. And I think some of those other things you mentioned, like Acts or some more specific frameworks can be really helpful. For me, my learning to pray came out of maybe some desperation mm-hmm. and learning to, it's, it sounds inappropriate, but like learning to <laughs> almost undress before God. We have so many huh. layers between ourselves and others, so many kind of fronts or facades we put up. I'm trying to control your perception of me even as mm-hmm. I talk to you, right? I mean, we're always mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. And and learning to take down a lot of those fronts or the the kind of these projections of myself and learning to, to really undress before God. I have a, on my mm-hmm. desk at work, I have a, one of those Russian nesting dolls. Mm-hmm. That's been maybe just a helpful picture of of learning to pray is, is just like, you know, popping out each one of those and, and then saying, here I am, God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, ironically, you know, when you, when you look through church history, uh, a lot of these big names that you'd recognize were just such committed people of prayer. John Calvin even starts the Institutes of the Christian Religion by talking about knowing God and being known by God. And he also talks about like knowing yourself to be able to do that. I think know thyself and know it, you know, that, that it's a very old idea, but it's also been repopularized in maybe a cult, kind of a cultural way that I don't necessarily mean like that's the point, but I think it's a fruit mm-hmm. of learning to praise. Like you realize, oh man, there's jealousy in me. There's, mm-hmm. there's like a fragile ego in me. There's uh, just this longing to be accepted and approved by my peers in me. And yeah. I didn't know any of that until I, started coming before God (laughs) regularly and realizing that a lot of how I am, how I operate at work or in friendships, like there was, there were roots to all those things Mm -hmm. and learning to pray and and pour myself out before God and to be known by God and to know God. It was like addressing some of those core things. Yeah, That's one of the things I, I often verbalize to myself even, or even to others when entering into times of prayer is sort of starting with the understanding that like God knit us together in the womb. He knows every, he, he probably knows things about ourselves that we don't know. Like, oh, totally. Beyond yeah, yeah. even our subconscious. Right. So that, that sort of shapes our relationship with him and how we would interact with him in prayer. Because like you said, it's like, we can't, we can, we, I mean, we can't come before him. Maybe sometimes like we do with other people or in other contexts where we are trying to sort of present ourselves in a certain way or yeah. be perceived in a certain way. Yeah, but it's like, sure. God, God sees right through us to the very, very core. And I think in for us, as much as we can try to approach him as honestly and as vulnerably as we can, that's some of the deepest and the more powerful ways that we can interact with him, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording, Tyler, about all the questions God asks people yeah. throughout the Bible. And it might seem kind of silly because I believe God is all-knowing. So why is he asking more questions than anyone? Hmm. And I think that's part of what he's doing with humans throughout the biblical text is by asking questions He's helping people realize, you know, he's starting a conversation with yeah. people, helping us even realize things about ourselves that, that maybe we don't, that we can be totally. more authentically in relationship with God. You know, I do that with my kids, right? I'll say like, Reagan, was that a nice thing to do to your sister? Or you know, That's maybe a terrible example, but you ask your kids questions to help them like, oh, and, and then you can resolve something. Mm-hmm. Or, I think that's a really like, maybe a great way to start the conversation here because, um, we can kind of think about God, um, especially maybe in a more, if we're in a more Calvinistic type of theology, maybe, um, as someone who is all-knowing, all-powerful, knows the future, knows the past, he knows all things, and somehow that feels like it dilutes our the importance of prayer um, because of like what you just said. We think, what, like, God already knows what I'm going to pray. He already knows how this is going to unfold. What is the <laughs> what is the, the importance of this? And, and maybe another way to say it is, like, why pray if God already knows what we're going to pray? And I think that story in Genesis is, like, a perfect example of that, right? Mm-hmm. So, he, and so what's that question that God asked Adam, right? Oh, yeah. So in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve have eaten the fruit, and they realize they're naked and they're hiding. And this is one of the first images we get of God in the entire scripture. And he's walking in the garden, 
calling out, Adam, Eve, where are you guys? Essentially, he's saying, yeah, where, are like, where are you? That's that's pretty wonderful. I mean, here we have this all-knowing God walking in the garden saying, hey, guys, come out. Yeah. <laughs> and relationally, that's very different than, I know you guys are behind that tree. Come right. out here, you know. And then Adam and Eve, they do, they step on they, they, this moment of confession, but then also accusation. And, you know, I sometimes wonder how much time passed between God walking around was saying, like looking Where behind are you? trees? And like, <laughs> yeah, how far yeah. did he go with this? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that's one of the first pictures of God we get in the Bible is this like God looking for his kids. Hmm. Um, to really to start prayer there is I think is yeah. an important place. It's it's prayer is not this is kind of maybe a starting point, and maybe we can come back to this throughout as we talk about this, is um kind of your idea of prayer is that it's 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 the next step beyond the cognitive understanding or knowing things about God and starting to walk with God, right? And that's the example we're given really from God, even in, in that context. is like God knows where they are. He has an understanding of where we are, but he's he's um he's concerned about the relationship with them. And that's why he approaches them in that way. It's not like because yes, he could he kind of could just come down and say, like, Okay, there you are. Let's let's talk. But he's 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 teaching them something, and I think that's a, a great starting point to think about prayer. Is that it is that next step beyond just a a, a thought process and more of a relationship with yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. And to and to understand prayer in that way, I think you have to zoom out and kind of examine our understanding of faith. Oftentimes in the West, we have this kind of a transactional understanding of faith. Think this, and and the, and I get to go to heaven when I die. And that's really it. That's what faith is about. Mm-hmm. Um, or just, it's you know, it's all about knowing the right things. I think maybe a more biblical understanding, even this word is used throughout the Bible, walking with God. Noah walked with God. Enoch walks with God. Faith as walking with God a book that I love that challenged me in this was John Ortberg's, um, oh goodness, what's the name of it? Eternity is Now in Session, mm-hmm. where he he kind of challenges these these stunted understandings of faith that are pretty prevalent in, in Western Christianity, uh, and, and he's challenged us to, to walk with God, to know God. Mm-hmm. We, we've all probably heard that. It's not about just knowing about God, but knowing God. Right. And when faith is understood in that way, then prayer isn't just like a bonus optional thing, mm-hmm. like extra credit for Christians. Right. Right. <laughs> it's it's the lifeblood of the mm-hmm. relationship is knowing God and being known by God. Mm-hmm. That's what prayer is. Mm-hmm. So if you could maybe maybe take us back to that place where this kind of journey of, of your prayer life began, um, where, you know, as you were kind of wrestling with scripture when you were younger, um, and it kind of led you to this place of, of prayer before God, of just like wrestling with these questions. Um, what was that journey like of uh, kind of changing your understanding of, of prayer and what changed for you in that process of how you interacted with God in that? Yeah. So, boy, one of my, I think one of the greatest teachers of my life has been my grandmother growing mm-hmm. up. And she very rarely like actually taught me things with words and she has on occasion, but oftentimes it's just her life, her mm-hmm. example, that's been just a really great witness in my life. Mm-hmm. I sometimes think of her as like the Protestant uh, St. Francis of Assisi. She's like, she talks to animals and her plants. She'd often <laughs> water her plants and be like, oh, hello, beautiful tools. You know, she's, she's just a lady who just loves God, and it yeah. was evident. It's, it's always been evident in her life. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to prayer, uh, just her life, and my grandfather as well, their, their lives were just a challenge to any sort of idea that prayer was just simply a transaction. Mm. Or even oftentimes when people hear prayer, they just assume you mean supplication. You're asking for something either for yourself or on behalf of someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's true. I mean, that's important. It's a part of it. It's a part of it. But prayer is, oh man, so much bigger and broader and richer and fuller than that. Mm-hmm. And realizing that and experiencing that has been maybe the greatest joy of my life. Mm-hmm. One of the, and, and I'm just a metaphor guy, so I think metaphors mm-hmm. are helpful for me in mm-hmm. understanding the invitation to know God in prayer. Mm-hmm. It was like walking in God's heart. If you imagine God like a landscape, and, and it was saying, hey, like walk in this, explore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> explore the heart of God. That's mm-hmm. what prayer is, is about. And yeah. boy, so I guess that's been... Um, 
I like to, I often will write poetry when I, when I pray and, and uh, I've written a poem for my children about, about being map makers of God's heart. Uh, little cartographers exploring mm. the heart of God and and making these little crayon maps mm. to describe who God is and who mm. we've not just heard that he is, but experienced him to be. That That's all encompassed in prayer, mm-hmm. right? So much more than just, hey, God, I want this, or this person needs this, uh, is knowing God and being known by God. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you don't mind, and Tyler, cut this if it's, if it's not yeah. worth our time, but uh, one poem I printed out here was... <laughs> Trying to get at this idea of prayer being more than just a transaction. I fictionalized a conversation with my grandmother. Uh, this, so this conversation didn't really happen, but it's something I think I've learned from her just by mm. watching her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the conversation is around this question of, does prayer work? Mm. That's a question people ask a lot of times. Like, right. does prayer work? Yeah. And I think even that question is maybe misguided, that we right. think prayer is, a, is about like productivity and, and results and... Mm-hmm. And let me just say up front, I wholeheartedly believe that our, our prayers do stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, I do think that's true, and we yeah. see that reality in Scripture, Acts 4, right? It's because the believers prayed that the, the, the prisons are open for, right. for, oh, goodness, Peter and John. Oh, oh goodness, I'm going to have to look that up later. But, <laughs> but right, the idea of prayer, prayer does stuff. Yeah. At the same time, I think we are we so limited. short-sighted, yeah. limited, yeah. And so maybe I'll just read this poem to you that kind of gets at that idea. I asked her, my grandmother, does prayer even work? And by my asking, she could tell I was hoping for progress, productivity, results. Does prayer even work? Hmm. She told me she was confused by my question. She asked, do you mean, is prayer the rake that breaks the soil of a hardened heart? Do you mean, is prayer the placing of one's life on the potter's wheel to be shaped and smoothed by his kindness? Is prayer climbing into the ring with God's heavyweight heart to be pummeled by his mercy, overcome by his compassion, till you care, yes, even for your enemies? Is prayer a truth-telling mirror? Is prayer the breath with which you plunge beneath the turbid surface of your soul to find out just what it is you're wanting and to hold it up to God? Is prayer the way this poor fisher of men lays down her tangled net like a knotted lure to be sorted out by her papa? Is prayer the labyrinth path into the presence of God to be still and to be quiet? Is it meandering in the heart of Christ? Is it the silencing of inner lies, the closing of many tabs, the refutation of mistrust, the renewal of eyes and ears and heart? She asked me, do you mean is prayer a fountain to wash in, a garden to eat from, an orchard to work in, a vineyard to walk in? Is prayer the tent in which the Holy Spirit takes up resident into the little life of a man and by dwelling there makes the man his mansion? If by does prayer work, you mean can prayer animate a corpse with the very breath of God? Is it the marriage of heaven and earth? Does it entwine my soul to his? If so, then yes, prayer works for that. The whole idea is, for me, I guess the simple description of the evolution of my prayer life has been realizing that prayer is so much more and better than I hoped or thought it was, mm-hmm. and then being able to experience experience God in prayer. What's amazing about that to me is that how we we think about like that question, how does prayer work? Um completely depends on what we what are we what do we want from prayer or what are we expecting from prayer potentially because at the root of that question for a lot of us has to do with probably more the supplication part of prayer sure right? yeah we think about it like that like um we want to know, does God respond to our prayer requests, maybe, right? Yeah, I think that's what we mean when we ask that question. Right. But if prayer is knowing God and being known by God, mm-hmm. does prayer work? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things I, I wanted to kind of ask you, and maybe this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but I think it's very important, has to do with like our um, the relationship between like the sovereignty of God and our prayer life, right? And this is kind of a, maybe, maybe this isn't that uncommon of a question that we have, but it's like, 
we, we think about God as, like we've said, all-knowing and all-powerful, and he has kind of this perspective that we don't have as the creator of the world. Um, and yet we see it all throughout Scripture that he responds to the prayers of his people, and um, there's so many examples of that. I mean, we, I mean, a very classic example would, would be like um, right, Sodom and Gomorrah, right, where it's like, he um, mm-hmm. he's like pleading with God, and you see God responding to these the, him, um, just like, hey, will you will you spare the city for this many people? And this, I think we might even talked about that on the last episode. It's, right? it's such a wonderful it's so wild. scene, yeah. Because you never get God's bottom number. Abraham yeah, stops, <laughs> right? He's like, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's like clearly, like we, our our faith in God and our relationship with Him has a almost a role in His will, right? And it's just kind of this very like existential, uh, you know, dissonance between like, like, yes, God is, God knows all and God already knows the future. And yet he responds to us and it, it, they feel like they can't be the same mm-hmm. and they can't both be a reality, but it, it appears that they are. Um, what does that mean to you? And like, how is that, how do you kind of make sense of that? I don't, I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know we, when, when entering the biblical text, right? There's things that, appear to be in conflict or maybe simply just paradoxical. And I'm a pretty simple man. I guess I don't try to resolve everything. I, I, I believe them to be true, right? I believe God is, is, is all those things that God is in control, that he's all knowing. And yet he invites us to pray. So I, I don't, I don't have like some perfect yeah. theological, like, Oh, here's how to make sense right, of all that. Right. I do know that there's plenty of times in which, uh, my limited understanding of how stuff works, how the universe operates, how God operates, uh, is has been shown to be laughable. Every mm. once in a while, God gives me a little glimpse of like, oh, <laughs> and having children, I get that too. That that sometimes our understanding of each other, there's going to be a major gap, and mm-hmm. and just to mm-hmm. kind of be at peace with that. So, yeah. I, I, but again, I think God wants to be known. I. I, and I sometimes wonder, even in my relationship with my students, there's times where I'm like, just say something, <laughs> please mm. speak. Yeah. And and when you're trying to have a discussion and you've got 20 people looking at you and they're quiet, it's just like, oh man, like mm. I'm begging you, like a, yeah. if just you give you, me some feedback yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, you you want to talk about like a commercial you saw yesterday? We'll talk. I just want to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I mean, I believe God does respond to his people. I, but mm-hmm. I believe that kind of assumes his people are speaking. <laughs> his, yeah. his people are yeah. in communion with God. Yeah. And Definitely. sometimes we ask the second question before giving attention to the first, that mm. God wants to be known, that God wants to know, that God wants to speak, that God wants mm. us to listen, that God wants us to speak, that mm-hmm. God wants to listen. And then maybe once we've done that, then we can say, what exactly happens when we do this? But that's the fruit of the relationship with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have any examples for yourself of, you know, as you've come to understand prayer in this way, that it's it's built on this relationship and knowing God and, and intimacy with God? Um, are there any examples in your life where that has um, been, a, like any powerful moments of prayer where you've seen and seeing in yourself a deeper understanding and a deeper relationship with God oh, through amen. prayer. Oh, totally, totally, totally. I think that would be helpful for maybe us to hear. Yeah, and, and each of those examples in that little poem I just read represents experiences I've had with God. Mm. I mean, just maybe the most simple. Jesus commands that we pray for our enemies. Mm. Oh, man, I've had so many times when maybe not just like an explicit all-out enemy, but somebody I'm frustrated with, somebody I'm annoyed by, someone mm-hmm. who I feel like has wronged me, and then on my drive to school, uh, having the sense that Jesus is saying like, "Oh, like bring bring that before me." And by the end of the pr- uh, by the end of the drive, realizing that I genuinely love that person, mm-hmm. and like sending a text like, "Hey, have a great," you know, mm-hmm. I genuinely wish well for that person. That's you know, does prayer work? Yes. It look, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I started the drive hating this person. Yeah. I ended the drive like hoping this person genuinely like his experiences the goodness of God in this day. Does prayer work? Like, yes, of course. Mm, um, great example. Um, yeah, so, boy, I've, I've countless times experienced the transformation of my own heart as I come before God in prayer. Mm-hmm. 
praying for students. You know, this, not to seem like a monster, but mm-hmm. my, my wake-up default uh, heart isn't like, oh, I just love my students, I care about my students. Oftentimes it's through, through praying and remembering students by name and, and, and uh, particular mm-hmm. struggles students are going for that I'll maybe get to school mm-hmm. just filled with the compassion of God, eager to extend that to my students. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what prayer does. Yeah. And it pr- prayer animates the people of God mm-hmm. with the Spirit of God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's like a daily thing. So I'm trying to think of like a specific moment or, or sure. something, but realizing that this doesn't work without prayer. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't, I will not have the ability to love anyone, let alone an enemy. Like, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Yeah. Without first receiving the grace and love and mercy of God in such abundance yeah. that there's just no room for it in my soul that I have to pour it out onto my, my neighbor. I think that's, that's part of, uh, of your prayer life that we don't always, for some reason, when we think about prayer, like I said, like the first time, the first, a lot of the images we think about are like praying for healing, right? Or, or, or um, really just coming before God with like this thing that in our lives that we were asking for, for his movement of. And we don't always think about it as that relationship and what that does to us when we pray. Oh, totally. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, amen. Which and, is crazy. Yeah. Because again, when you look at the witness of Christians throughout history, that seemed to be like a fundamental... Mm-hmm essential Christian pursuit. Yeah. Uh, And, and, and boy, yeah, for sure. I've experienced that as well. Oh, one silly example that comes to mind, Tyler, um, was recently I was in the drive-thru at McDonald's and you know how they have two drive-thru lines now? I Mm. think that's the worst thing in the world because, (laughs) right. Or anywhere you go where there's two lines, I always spot the car that I would have been if I'd have chosen the other. Oh, I do that every time. (laughs) And inevitably that one always go, that line moves faster. You just never do. So I'm like, man, that (laughs) two lanes is a terrible idea. um, So that was happening. And I was with my children and we love McDonald's hash browns mm. for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if it's 11 o'clock or whatever breakfast shuts down, you know. Oh, you're trying to get through. I'm trying to get through. And I looked at the, it was like this little red minivan that that's where I would have been mm-hmm. if I'd have chosen the right lane. And and the minivan pulls up and orders. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm looking at the clock. And Finally, I get up and it's like 1102. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, we'd like some. And they, they had closed out breakfast. And <laughs> Tyler, this is embarrassing, but I was mad. Yeah. I was like genuinely yeah. mad. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> pulling out of the McDonald's, it was just like there's this beautiful image in the book of Jonah of God sitting down with Jonah mm-hmm. and he's pouting. And, and he, he, the question, he asks us, do you have a right to be angry? Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And, and it, was, it was almost sarcastic in nature in the, the way that I was understanding God's question yeah. to me. Like, oh, Brian, you, you're driving this. this uh, we recently purchased a vehicle that you know, fit our whole family, and it was expensive. Like, wow, you, you have the, the luxury of financial stability. You've got a job that you care about. You've got a, a wonderful wife and four sweet children in the back of the car. And as I'm thinking of all these things, I'm thinking about all the many people I know who struggle with, say, infertility or mm-hmm. or aren't married and want to be and, and don't have a job that's meaningful. And it was as though God was saying like, oh, boy, Brian, those hash browns, that would have been nice, you know, to add to, to all that. <laughs> and so, you know, this is just a simple example that wasn't like a formal moment of yeah, prayer, yeah. but just being aware of, of the Spirit of God in hmm. almost a conversational sense. And, 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 and I remember just like almost being on the verge of tears, pulling out of the McDonald's, hmm. just realizing like, oh, man, God, I confess, you know, yeah. these, these hash browns were... <laughs> like the the place that and it's not about hash browns. It's about yeah. I viewed the world as though I was the center, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everything else happening in the world. But I was unaware of because I wanted these hash browns. Right. That's prayer. That's prayer. Yeah. Prayer is moving us beyond ourselves to to care about the things God cares about. So I'm I'm curious for you. Um, I think, like we've said, the way you think about what prayer is and and how our relationship with God is formed by prayer, that will inevitably shape how we pray, mm-hmm. right? So how, what, what, what we believe about prayer is going to affect just the very nature of prayer itself mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yes. maybe for yourself, um, 
what does prayer look like for you? Like in a specific way, maybe like, you know, like you've said, like some of those things like acts, like are very, very good, very helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, has that changed over time for you? And like, what is it, you know, if you were to like, just look at Bryant, Bryant, maybe we wouldn't see anything, but like what, what, what's happening in you and like, how do you approach prayer? Like on a day to day basis? One of the things that's been super helpful to me, and I really do think is, is helpful for a lot of people is prayer journaling has been such a gift. I can't focus worth a darn. I and so for years, you know, knowing prayer was important, I would try to like do this sit and fold my hands and and just these these different ways I'd seen others pray, mm-hmm. and it just felt like boy, my mind's wandering and uh, get distracted easily. And pr- prayer journaling has forced me to slow down, and it's forced an authenticity into conversation with God. Mm. It's so easy to do the kind of the auctioneer, dear God, bless the food of my body, thank you for this day, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just like you're passing someone in the hall and they say, hey, how are you? Good, thanks, how are you? You know, right. it's it's kind of a meaningless exchange. Mm-hmm. Prayer journaling, and I, I don't type, I write, has forced me to slow down. And even if I'm writing, thank you for this day, there's this moment of like, wait, for real? Mm-hmm. And, and if not, then don't say that. You could say, like, God, I realize I'm not thankful for this, but like, give me a, a sense of the, the opportunity to love my neighbor in this day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the conversation unfolds because it's slowed down, because there's an intentionality of writing. And so I brought with me, you can't see it, obviously, but I brought with me some of my, my most recent prayer journals. But they're just, mm-hmm. uh, and oftentimes I'll start as though God is saying, where are you? Or... Mm-hmm. Whole bunch of questions start God, question. God asks His people. Yeah, and then I'll just start uh, pouring myself out before mm-hmm. God. And in the process of that, it's it's so often that God is teaching and revealing mm-hmm. to me as well. Question about that. Mm-hmm. So we talked earlier that one of the the aspects of prayer that is helpful to be understanding of is the fact that um, we can be completely vulnerable with God, and it's kind of this process of peeling back, mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. trying to get to the 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 middle of us, right? Um, I feel like for me, when I think about like journaling, I almost would be like hyper aware of the fact that this is going down and writing. I'm probably going to look back on this. And there's like, for me, there would be a lot of subconscious like desire to make it appear a certain way. You know what I mean? I wonder if that's true for you or do you feel like it's a, it's an opportunity for you to really be vulnerable in, in that context? I will say I don't have any desire First of all, I don't have any desire to like, it's been important for me to, as a Bible teacher, not take this relationship with God and like profit from it or even Hmm. teach from it. Hmm. I know maybe that's a little bit, I know we're doing a podcast about it right now, but to try to guard the desire to say, oh man, I'm going to take this and make a sermon out of Mm -hmm. it or less Mm -hmm. out. Uh, Henry Nouwen, I I love this quote. It's actually about something that Henry Nouwen teaches about prayer. It says this, Henry Nouwen likens the spiritual life to keeping a fire in a hearth in a small cottage. When the door is closed, the fire warms the whole space. And whenever the door opens, the heat escapes and eventually the whole room cools. Hmm. There are times to open the door, times to share and invite others to know what we've learned and experienced, but they are the exception, not the rule. In a world of constant display, many of us have never closed the door at all. Every spiritual experience is something we try to share and broadcast. Mm. Every moment of silence is interrupted by noise, by messages, and by the presence of others. We long for more depth and more intimacy, but we don't realize the small ways we are draining it out of our lives. Wow, that's really powerful. In one sense, I think there's a fair critique that Christians in the West are too individual, too personal in their relationships Mm -hmm, with God. mm -hmm. I'd say amen. In another sense, it's not enough. Mm. Right? There's not that fire (laughs) that's kept in the hearth, in this cottage. I don't know if you think about like social media when you think about totally, that. Totally, totally. That's yeah. what I think about, right? Or and even even beyond that, there's so much truth in that. Of like, we we look at ourselves as a part of like Christian culture or whatever, mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. see these moments that we're having, maybe or, or or prayers or anything like that. And there's I think this innate temptation of th- we have to sort of like. Something has to come out of this. Yep. There has to be a physical or some totally, kind of representation of yeah. this experience that I had, and it can't just be the experience. It so, can't just be this moment I had with God. There's been a clear 
kind of reckoning with with the spirit of God to say, you will not do that. Mm. You will not participate. This otherwise, this sanctuary will become a factory, mm. and and everything shuts down from there. Mm. Um, so that's been just a, a conscious awareness I've had to have over the years to say, you will not profit from your prayer life. <laughs> you you mm. will if you do, it's root it undoes it. You know, mm. sometimes people use the metaphor of a house and like a bedroom, right? Shared with a spouse. That's that's like private and secret and and prayer in a sense is that too in a relationship with God. Mm. Um, and so yeah, being conscious. Now on the other hand, I do hope my children someday I want to hand them my prayer journal mm. prayer journals and say uh, read this. And there's been moments, ugly moments, where I have been aware of that as I'm praying mm-hmm. and thought, uh, and then I thought, you know what? They have to know like what this actually is mm-hmm. because there's so many facades in Christian spirituality mm-hmm. that are discouraging because there's a gap between our actual lives and what the spiritual vision of what Christianity should be out there that I, I actually want my daughters to see the brokenness, to see mm. the confession, to yeah. see the pitiful. Mm. And I don't say that in like a false humble way. Like if you read this, you will think less of me, Tyler. <laughs> I <laughs> promise. <laughs> if you read my prayer yeah. journals, you will think more of me. You'll think less of me. Yeah. And that I, I do want my daughters to see mm. that because mm. the invitation is not to idolize their father. The, 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 the invitation is to know God. <laughs> Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, yeah. And that, the Psalms do that too, right? The Psalms yeah, are rarely exactly. pretty. Yeah, you don't necessarily read through Psalms and be like, wow, David, man. I, I, you Sometimes I, I'll i read a Psalm and I'll be like, man, David, David's kind of weirded me out yeah. today, you know? <laughs> For sure. But, but, but the whole, that's, the, that's the beauty of that book is that it's, it's, a, it's a pouring out to God. It's not about like David as, as a person as much as it is like these are just prayers, right? Yes. Yeah. And you're seeing you're seeing just the rawness of that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. What, one thing that that um, that quote that you shared reminds me of is a must have been one of the first summers I was here. This was probably within the first year that I was out in Holland. We went and saw a vertical uh, vertical worship, and they did a um, Dean and I went and they did a like a workshop beforehand, and it was. Um, um, their their main songwriter just kind of like talking about uh, the process of songwriting and and mm. really as a whole he was just talking about worship leading and what does it this even mean is so many really good stuff that came out of that um, and he spent a lot of time talking about the secret place and yeah, what that yeah. meant for him and he was sort of saying how like um, not even in the context of songwriting specifically but just as a worship leader he was basically saying if you are not worshiping the father in secret and in private then you cannot lead people mm. you know in in a bigger context because so true because that is that is where our relationship with god is formed is in this it's not in a public way it's not in a um you know, a visible way. I think there's so many ways that we see that in scripture where God just wants us to dwell with him and for it to be just that. Um, Especially in a culture when you can profit from being like a a visual Christian, right? Um, In ministry, there's, there's always going to be that temptation, I think, Hmm. because there, there are hierarchies in every community and I know climbing the ladder in a Christian community is by demonstrating certain things, selfless love, like all these, these things that are like Christian virtues. Mm. And, and that's going to be the real temptation, I think. So, I, man, amen. I like that, the secret place. That's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Kind of like imagine a, a, a person traveling the world doing marriage seminars, mm. so, so much so that they neglect their spouse, yeah, right? It's, right? There's an irony yeah, in that. Very much so. And one thing just about the how to pray, a real gift too has been uh, realizing other Christian traditions in the Protestant realm. We love to just kind of the, the naked, raw, hmm. authentic, right. and there's there's a there's something to that for sure. But other traditions have reminded me of a more structured way of praying, mm-hmm. or even uh, it was there was with a gentleman. He's a priest, and he was talking about like this vibrant prayer life. And I asked him, like, so how do you know what to say? And he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I've never, like, made up my own prayer before. 
Hmm. And I, I was just like, wait, <laughs> what? Like, that's all that I thought you meant by your vibrant presence. Yeah. But he'd been praying prayers from this rich Christian tradition hmm. for years, including the Psalms. Yeah. And it, and, and it sometimes matched his heart, other times challenged his heart, mm-hmm. other times shaped and transformed his heart. Hmm. Uh, and so that's, I think, some real wisdom there, too. There's a, there's a prayer that I pray every morning on my way to work. Uh, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you, but I've seen you in your sanctuary and I've beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. Hmm. And half the time, I, well, probably less than half the time, I am actually feeling that way, yeah. right? The vast majority of the time, I'm like, nope, that's not the case. <laughs> and it becomes then a prayer for God to, to like wake me up. Uh, to, to the reality of his goodness, of his beauty, to remember what he has done and continues to do. That there's probably a, um, a way that that happens only when, when we pray in that way. Because mm. if we mm-hmm. are constantly praying, you know, in, in a more kind of just what's, what's coming out at, at the given moment, yes, yeah. it's going to be, and there's, there's a beauty of that too, it's going to be a more it's going to be more a reflection of where we are. Whereas praying through maybe someone else's words or through parts of scripture, it's probably going to, in a lot of ways, challenge us mm, of where we are amen, that, amen. that we won't get um, if it's just coming out of our own our own words, right? Amen. And and being able to pray with people from the last 2,000 plus years, of course, into, mm. the, into the Hebrew tradition as well. Uh, boy, I'm challenged to say, like, oh, wow, they know a God that I do not know. Mm. The God they know is beautiful and, and worthy of their worship and worthy of their sacrificing their lives before. Mm. And, like, man, I don't know that God. Yeah. I, and so it's challenging me. Mm. And So, yeah, it's so true. And I think that's maybe a healthy critique to our Protestant tendency just to speak our emotions all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, but in a yeah, sense, right? It's exactly. like, yeah, there's real value in that. But look at this too. Exactly. So as we um, maybe wrap up a little bit here, what would be your maybe encouragement to somebody who is maybe would not say that they have a vibrant prayer life or um, maybe like, man, I don't feel anything when I pray. I don't have this this desire to pray. Um, and, and, you know, I know that there have been times in your life where you would say that was true, right? Um Mm-hmm. Where, where, what's a good starting point? What, what are some good ways? Like, honestly, I, I'll just say, like, one of the things that this conversation has done for me is like, I think maybe for me, journaling is going to be something that I should start doing because of what you said. In that, um, I think a lot of times when I pray, it is sort of this just like <laughs> thought vomit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. And it's, and I think there, there are ways that I, that I can be really shaped by intentionally thinking about the words that I'm praying and those things. But, um, yeah, what, what, what are some things that you would maybe say to somebody that is, is in a place where they're, um, they're desiring something more, they're not sure where to go? A couple things come to mind. The first is I would say like, really, like, do you really, do you really want to know God? Because, and I, I hope this doesn't sound too harsh, but, um, hmm. like, because there is a investment that, mm-hmm. that it like requires and it's wonderful, good news. And, and of and it's the path to life, but there's also an investment. Sometimes uh, I see on TV like a, a weight loss pill, magic sure. pill, you know, that's like, oh, that's desirable, right? Because the shortcut. the shortcut, but the truth is diet and exercise, you're not going to get healthy without those two things. It's just, you're not. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes in terms of a relationship with God, uh, being in the scriptures, learning to pray, I want something faster or sexier, you know, like, oh, this is like a, some cool way to do this. Um, but those both required time. And there's a, uh, a book title. I've never read the book, but the title I feel like has ministered to me over the years. It's called Three Mile Per Hour God. And it's, that's the speed at which you walk, apparently, is about three miles per hour. And maybe some of the time I, I, I miss God or have this lack in my life. I don't know God. is because I'm going... 80 miles per hour and God's going three miles per hour. So, so slowing down to be present in the presence of God, um, 
So there are some of those things before even praying. You know, it's hard having a conversation with someone if they're texting, right? To say like, hey, would you would you put down your phone? I'm trying to talk to you right now. Uh, I think there are many distractions that I prioritize over this desire to know God and to be known by God. And I think we'll all realize that. And that doesn't mean prayer's ruined and you suck and game over. But it means start there. Start then by saying, God, uh, I have so many distractions. Uh, would, you just, would you just take me by the hand and give me a next step yeah. in obedience to, to learning to pray? Mm-hmm. Um, because God provides all the time. So often I'll tell my students, you have to start where you are. Mm-hmm. If you, if you genuinely, because I'll have students who say, I, I can't pray. I don't even know if God's real. And I'll say, you just said exactly where you need to start. Mm. You say, God, I don't know you're real. I don't <laughs> even buy this. Uh, you have to start there. If you start anywhere else, there's going to be an inauthentic quality about it. <laughs> so I would say taking some time and some space, as the psalmist says, search me and know me, O God, and then to just confess. It sounds silly, confess, confession, was always the part of prayer that I thought like, oh no, here, you know, we had the fun kinds of prayer. We thanked God, you know, and now it's confession. Confession is the source of joy mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. because it's going back to that place of desperation. It's going, it's reminding me of the most simple truth that I depend upon the grace of the living God. <laughs> yeah. That's what confession is, is this perennial falling before God and receiving his grace and mercy and love. And that's the only way I'm going to be able to be anything today or to do anything today. So mm-hmm. so I would say maybe you're not ready to like articulate a, a thanksgiving. Maybe you're not, re- but you are ready to confess. Yeah. Which feels like the heaviest one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's actually yeah. the most joyful one, yeah. I, I think. <laughs> I think I actually really agree with that. And um, maybe the last thing I'll, I'll kind of say about it is that for me in my journey with prayer life, which is... Um, in some ways, probably different than yours, but um, for me, what's been, it's the simplest thing. I mean, we say it all the time, but starting with just like trying to, in whatever way we can grasp that God loves me, um, mm-hmm. I think is a really powerful way to start in prayer of knowing that this is a God that knows me deeply. He knows me intimately. He knows everything about me. He knit me together and he loves me. Mm-hmm, he loves mm-hmm, me for who mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. and he wants to have this relationship with me. Um, you know, to me, that's where I have to start when I come to God, especially with confession, with something like that, because we can make up a lot of um, intentions of God um, in our own, like, just distorted way that are not um, truthful, I think. And um, I think that's why confession is so beautiful, is because um, He loves us so deeply, and it's through us, you know, confessing where we've fallen short that He transforms us and He changes us, and He, and that's how we we kind of mend this gap that we've made between us and God. Like God mm-hmm. just has not has not drawn away from us; He's always standing at the door knocking. And then that's one of the ways that we can just enter into that space. You know, Amen. Yeah, Amen. And I love John the Baptist challenges the the crowds who've gathered. He says, "Keep with repentance." Mm. Like, stay there. <laughs> yeah. Don't get up from your prostrate, you know, laying before God. Like, stay there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's a, a, maybe a good place to start for mm. prayer. And all the other things come after that, I think. Yeah, exactly. Well, man, I could, I feel like I could, we could keep talking about this for mm. another two hours, but I think that's maybe, maybe a place to, maybe a, a place to end. And um, yeah, I think our, both of us um, here, like, I think we would, we would very honestly say like we understand maybe 1% yeah, <laughs> of, yeah. of what this is. And, and yet um, we get to engage with our father in this way. And um, <laughs> it probably looks differently for different people. Um, but like, I think you can attest to it. Like um, th- through prayer, it's, it's brought you to a place where you can say, you're okay with the fact that we don't have every understanding of what this is um, because we get to be in communion with him and he gets to shape us and we get to know more deeply who God is. Um, I think that's kind of the heartbeat of what, what prayer really is. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a, like we said, it's not a cognitive understanding as much as it is um, just a reflection of a God who wants to know us and knows us completely, but yet still asks us questions and wants to wants us to have these conversations mm-hmm, with him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, totally. And and <laughs> it makes me think of uh, one of my hobbies is, this is going to sound weird, I love around 
prom season going out to eat with my family and just sitting in a booth or at a table and just listening to the terribly awkward <laughs> like first date conversations oh, yeah. of couple. that I love listening. <laughs> I kid you not, I was listening to one couple. It was pretty evident that it was their first date, and they were like the one person said like so like what are your favorite colors or so it was it was just like oh, yeah. oh gosh I was just <laughs> Please cringing don't ask that one. <laughs> in this wonderful way. I was just like this is so, and, and yeah you know maybe sat next to older couples who maybe have been married 50 years mm. and just the tenor of that conversation is very different. And sometimes mm. it's quieter, funnily enough, yeah, right? it is. Because they know each other and they're, they're just in each other's presence. And mm. uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, if I was to listen in on my own prayer life, like what, what what's the tenor? Like, do I know mm. God? Uh, and so that's where my desire for students, for, for my children, for myself Prayer is paramount in, in, in what I want, what I hope happens, because I think it's just, what's the word? Not symbol. It's the, it, it's, it's the indicator of, of one's relationship with God and the mm-hmm. depth and the health of mm-hmm. one's relationship with God. Totally. It's awesome. Should I, should I pray for us? I was going to gonna say, I feel like we should almost like have we to, yeah, probably, yeah. don't we? Why don't you pray for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Gracious God, we just want to do the very thing we've been talking about in terms of confession. Uh, just confess, even in being in, in ministry and the desire to portray ourselves in a certain way and how that often gets in the way. We do that with prayer, too. How, And yet you're calling us, inviting us to come before you as we are that can be intimidating and scary and maybe even there's dread <laughs> about being known in prayer but i pray that anyone listening might know your character to the point of taking that risk of coming before you as we are that we would realize and receive in prayer your grace and your mercy and your favor to the point that there's a transformation that happens in us to the point that the people of god are known for loving even their enemies because of the the richness of love we've received from you. I pray that that would be our testimony, that that would be the story of Providence Church. Uh, God, I don't don't know that that would happen without knowing you and being known by you. So I do ask that you would teach us to pray. I pray that you'd take us by the hand and show us the next step of growing in intimacy with you. We love you, God. I'm excited for the ways that you're doing that already and the ways you'll continue to do that. We ask all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus, our favorite name. Amen. Amen.